Well, hello everybody and welcome again to the Weirdly Magical podcast. This is the Sagittarius full moon episode, uh, but I'll talk more about that in a moment. Um, this is Louise Eddington and this is Jen Duchenne. And Jen, um, let's have you introduce yourself for the first, for first this time. Okay, so I'm Jen. Hi, everyone. And um, I'm an Akashic reader and numerologist. I also have created the Illuminating Journey cards, which I have for sale on my uh, website. So my focus is helping people transform their thinking and their behavior so they can create a different life which is freer and more focused on where they want to go and building up their strengths and my website is jenduchen.com so i do readings teachings workshops and i have a workshop coming up online for the cards the fundamentals for illuminating journey cards it's going to be starting in july so that's exciting cool how fun and I am Louise Eddington. I am a, a soul astrologer, um, shamanic practitioner and writer of the book, Modern Astrology, Harness the Stars to Discover Your Soul's True Purpose, which is available on Amazon. And I'm going to just give a plug at the moment um, for anybody that already has the book. Even if you bought it elsewhere, Amazon reviews really help the book get more visibility. So please head over to Amazon and give me a review. And if you didn't buy it from Amazon, you click on the Kindle version to be able to give a review. You can still review it even if you didn't buy it from there. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I offer soul astrology readings. I sometimes do classes. Um, I have an online community membership. All these um, things can be found on my website, louiseeddington.com with one D, or yourcosmicblueprint.com should take you there as well. Um, I also want to mention right now um, the Planetary Magic Cafe group on Facebook is a free group, and I am offering a 30-day challenge for doing the morning pages which is kind of stream of consciousness writing. It's a tool from the artist's way. Um, I want to get back in the habit of doing it myself this month and you'll realize why, what is Jen and I talk about the energies. So um, I'm offering it as a 30 day challenge to help you do it too and build up the muscle of the habit of doing it because it's one of the best tools I've ever used um, in personal development, growth, um, whatever you want to call it. So um, on that note, let's uh, talk about a little bit about the full moon. It's on June the 17th, 2019. Jen and I are going to talk about the energy around it because the whole month of June is pretty intense and crazy. Um, but the full moon itself will be at 9.30 a.m. London time. That's universal time or BST at 25 degrees and 53 minutes of Sagittarius and Gemini, because a full moon is in opposition. It's the last full moon before the eclipse season. We have a, a, the eclipses in July on the 2nd and the 16th. So we'll talk a little bit about that um, as we move towards that. Um, but also, if you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe at your favorite podcast provider. Um, 
go to iTunes um, as, um, and give us a review. So I'm asking for reviews on that as well. We also now have a Patreon for just $3 a month. You can support our podcast and we'll be introducing special patron only content moving forward. Um, when we reach so many patrons, I cannot remember how many it was. Or <laughs> um, and that's patreon.com forward slash weirdly magical. And lastly, on each episode, we're offering to feature listener questions. Questions need to be emailed to weirdlymagicalpodcast at gmail.com and one question will be chosen at random. No personal details will be shared on the podcast other than your first name. So send us your questions. We're dying to answer your questions, whether it's a general question about the universe, uh, a more detailed one about your own chart, because anybody can ben benefit from those questions. Um, but we can't feature your questions unless you send them in. So send them in. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, let's... Um, Let's dive into the energies of this full moon by um, looking at some card pulls. Jen's pulled cards from her wonderful deck and I've pulled a tarot card or two. So, Jen, do you want to share your card for us? Sure. So the card that I pulled is the uh, Soul Portal 27. And for those who can't see it, it's a woman on a flying carpet kind of flying in the background is kind of water and um, there's land and water. There's objects, golden objects kind of flying into the carpet or off it. There's energy coming down into uh, this woman's uh, body through her head, through her um, third eye into the heart. She's very peaceful as she's floating through this, um, this world mm. and there's some uh, kind of sacred objects on the land so uh, for me the way I see this card is and I think it's interesting it showed up because it's that idea of being at peace with where you are or and rising above the minutiae of your life or the things you feel or worry about so you can get to that place where you're actually um, traveling through life that you're you know of life but not in it so you're not so caught up in the details that you can't be who you are so this card is saying you have everything you need to to live a a life that's delicious and yes there may be things happening but you just need to feed into this energy of who you are and allow the idea of all of these things you desire whether it's peace or love and uh, acceptance, all of those things, uh, all physical objects to, that are available to you. It's a constant stream. You can reach into what you need. You can also release out what you're done with. Like whatever you don't need, you can just put back in the pool so you can travel light, as it were. Could you hold it right up to your screen for a minute, up to your camera? Because it's very reflective. A bit higher, a little bit lower. <laughs> Okay, that's a bit better. You can kind of see some of the detail yeah. there for people. And if, if people want to see the card in more detail, A, you should be buying Jen's cards because they're wonderful. Or B, um, 
Jen, maybe maybe you could post a picture of it in your Facebook group or put on your Facebook page. Yes, right. I could do that. People could go and look um, and you can find that. Well, Jen will give you all the links at the end of the of the show. Because to my mind, that card, you know, I always think, because I am Sagittarius, okay, I have Mercury, Mars, Jupiter, the sun and rising in Sagittarius. So I always think of Sagittarius as the bigger picture of rising above. And this Sagittarius in full moon in, um, in, well, not in Sagittarius, it is the Sagittarius full moon, is very much... (laughs) It's very much like a magic carpet ride and um you know but there's a lot of crazy making energy leading into it so if you can kind of visualize that energy um for this full moon and for from the period now leading up to the full moon and beyond to the solstice i think it would help you if you picture yourself rising above and riding riding on a magic carpet and looking down below and seeing the bigger picture of everything instead of getting caught up in all the dramas, because there's going to be a lot of drama this month. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. There's going to be a lot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which makes me think when you say that the drama, I think it's the our overthinking or focusing on small details, thinking I want it a certain way. Why isn't it this way? Yeah. Uh, that can get us tripped up, making people agree with us. It's, and, it's and, very stressful. A, and a lot there's going to be a lot of drama around us because of other people so even if you're not caught up in the minutiae it's kind of there's a lot of soaky up empathic energy this month with the aspects to neptune and things you're going to feel this drama i i've been i'm in a, a facebook group called the circle of professional astrologers which is a very private group there's a few of us that came together to do it it's it's just to support each other and uh, we've got a whole conversation going on at the moment about, um, you know, uh, clients that are coming our way. They seem to be really kind of losing their shit, so to speak. And and a lot of people in the world are the mental health crisis is on the rise. The flooding in the mid, you know, in the middle of America. I've seen articles saying they're finding that people are coming to you know, the ER basically with mental health crises more and more because people's people are trying to make sense of all this stuff that's going on. So if you, if you're listening, you may find that people around you are actually kind of losing their minds a little bit, even if you aren't. So you need to rise above that too. You need to protect yourself. It doesn't mean you, you don't support others that are doing but it just means you don't let yourself get sucked it feels like a bit of a vortex at the moment or a flood of crazy making energies which would be very easy to get sucked into so i love that that card came up (laughs) 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 because it's great for people to kind of hold that image in their minds right how do you move through this if you imagine you're on your magic carpet and yeah uh, I think the whole mind thing is really important because you think about Gemini. This is, you know, we're in the June energy. I know uh, mm-hmm. it's in Sagittarius, but the whole thing about Gemini is about this mind, changing our minds or making up our minds or losing our minds. There actually is a lot of um, beauty in that because there is. our mind is just a fixed thing that has all these kind of narrow ideas that don't need to be changed. and 
you know, we can choose to to make it more difficult for ourselves by challenging and saying it's supposed to be the way it was and it's just not going to be that way. So. And of course, Gemini is still very relevant because it's a full moon. So the moon is in Sagittarius, yes, but the sun is in Gemini opposing the moon. So, And Mercury on this um, full moon, well, I'll talk about more that more in a second, but Mercury, as we record this, is out of bounds which means slightly out of control and mercury rules gemini and mercury is the mind and uh you know we talked a lot about that in the gemini new moon um forecast and we're basically still pretty much under the new moon the moon has just moved into cancer as we're recording but mercury is right at the last degree of gemini as we record this <laughs> he's not only a little bit out of control, a little bit wacky. He's at the anoretic degree of Gemini as we record the 29th degree, which is kind of the intense point of the energy. So kind of interesting. I love how it all comes together. So I did pull a couple of cards too, which I don't always pull. Um, but one I, I chose deliberately and I'm not going to spend as much time on the cards, but I just wanted to, I just felt the urge to pull one. I actually pulled the moon card, which is the Pisces card in the tarot. Okay. And this is an interesting card for those of you that can't see it. It's actually kind of two guardians at the gates with kind of enlightenment beyond um, the scarab beetle at the bottom, which is often said to actually be Jesus in um, in many, in some traditions. The scarab beetle in some traditions was the Jesus figure, um, kind of uh, bringing us transformation and enlightenment. And Pisces, the, you know, the Neptune in Pisces is actually aspecting all of this energy on this full moon and is very, is almost a pivotal point for the whole month of June. So there is enlightenment. There is kind of, uh, we're, we're really being asked to raise our vibration through June, I'm going to say. So that also comes to kind of the magic carpet thing as well, because Pisces, um, Jupiter was the old ruler of Pisces and is the new ruler of, um, is the ruler of Sagittarius and is conjunct the moon. So magic carpet again. It's, it's, <laughs> good that it's time to float, you know, it really is time to allow it to kind of surrender to these energies instead of trying to rationally control the other card I wanted to share, I chose to share, is one that just keeps coming up and over, up over and over again, is the art card. And that is the Sagittarius card. It's also the Temperance card. I'm going to suggest the actual original name of the card in, in other decks. Temperance is a good thing to think of for this month. I think any um, overindulgence and over escapism is going to make you more open to the less kind energies of June. So, you know, any, um, you know, over imbibing on anything, this is drinking, you know, anything that's too much is, is kind of going to make you um, less able to stay above. So it's a time for a bit of a cleanse, if you like as well. Nice. <laughs> that's very interesting because the thing is, um, uh, Oh, I lost my train of thought on what you were saying. The um, oh yes, so this idea of 
being on the magic carpet is not an escape, right? And that's really what we have to emphasize here. It's not an idea I'm running away from, oh, I'm just going to pretend this stuff isn't happening. It's more I'm aware of everything that's happening and I'm choosing where I'm focusing as opposed to, oh, I, I can't deal with this, so let me just drink or or, you know, overindulge, even in spiritual practice without being grounded is um, definitely, uh, you know, when we're fooling ourselves and we're pretending that this isn't really happening, these disasters aren't happening, this anger doesn't have a reason, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so I'm just going to disappear, is not going to serve us at all. Not at all. It's about looking down and seeing the bigger picture of it all and it's still all there but you're sat on the magic carpet so you are on this kind of grounded energy still but you're not burying your head in the ground in escapism and just pretending it all doesn't exist and um hiding from it so yeah Mm. you're still witnessing because Sagittarius is the philosopher really it's it's the the hierophant he makes sense of all that's going on you know Sagittarius with the ruler Jupiter conjunct the, the moon. So I guess that takes me to the chart. <laughs> so I'm just going to talk a little bit more about the astrology chart and, and Jen will dive into the numbers. But um, the, as I mentioned at the beginning, the moon on the Sagittarius moon is at 27 degrees and 53 minutes of Sagittarius, which means the sun is at the same 25 degrees and 53 minutes of Gemini. It's on June the 17th. Jen will probably come to all those things. Um, well, it, there's a lot going in in this chart. So I'm not going to just, bow, you know, make your eyes roll by mentioning it all. But I do want to mention that the ruler of Sagittarius, Jupiter, is at 18 degrees of Sagittarius. And Neptune and Jupiter was the old ruler of Pisces. Neptune is in Pisces at 18 degrees. They're almost, their square is almost exact. It's just after the second of three. Uh, the full moon is just after the second of three um, exact Jupiter-Neptune squares this year that are kind of dominating. Also, we've got Saturn at 18 degrees um, of Capricorn, and um, his sextile to Neptune, which is another um, three series um, aspect of the year, um, is almost exact on this full moon. Neptune is also stationing retrograde um, just four days after the full moon. So he's pretty much at a standstill. So in some ways, even though this is a Sagittarius full moon, this 18 degree uh, Pisces point is is a real pivot point for this whole month. And uh, the full moon is triggering it. So I'm sure Jen will have a lot to say about the number 18. Um, I'm not going to go into all the other details, but we do have a major opposition between North Node, Mercury and Mars, all in Cancer, all within three degrees of each other and the south node saturn and pluto all in capricorn uh, within five degrees of each other Uh, so this is a major opposition that's all aspecting that neptune um so we'll probably be talking about that and that's leading us into the eclipses too because that's on the cancer 
Capricorn axis. So take it away, Jen, with the numbers. All right. I just wanted to mention uh, briefly that this, all of this activity is leading us to the 2020 um, conjunction, which, uh, so to you be aware that this is you know, a, uh, it's more than a lifetime experience. It's a, you know, once in a century kind of experience. Mm -hmm. It is. Twice in a century. So it's pretty big deal, all of this energy that is leading us towards taking us by the hand and kind of dragging us forward uh, because this is so important. Like we just cannot avoid this experience no matter what we do. I'd say it's even an epoch-changing um, experience. Oh, epoch. That's a great one. Exactly. Yeah, because, you know, how often is the Saturn-Pluto um, conjunction uh, connected with the nodes so much? There's so much, many other things happening. Um, a mutual friend of ours, um, uh, astrologer Linne Van Horn, drew, drew my attention to the fact that um, each month sorry sorry jen but i do want to mention this as well each month the moon is occulting saturn and pluto as we move into january 2020 which means from our perspective on earth the moon covers saturn and pluto every month and that happens basically two days after this full moon as well before the solstice it, it's all this is so important this energy um you know, it's it's just quite amazing. But sorry, yeah, go back to the no, number. No, don't apologize. It's important <laughs> that people understand the 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 um, strength of what is happening. This is uh, like we're saying. We don't even know. It could be once in a thousand years for all we know that all of this is happening. Or at least, you know, we definitely know it's uh, more than five hundred years. Mm -hmm. Once in a thousand, maybe two thousand. We don't know, but it's a big deal. And it's part of our changing our minds, basically, or losing our minds, whatever you want to call it. Because that always makes me think of the story of Peter Pan. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the guy, what was his name? And he was running around saying, I lost my marbles, I lost my marbles. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of an expression we have that means you lost your mind. Right? Yes. So it's kind of funny. He's looking for his actual marbles, but he's saying, I've lost my marbles, which means... I've lost my um, sense of direction in a sense. And that's what we're looking at is the mind has lost its, its old way of thinking. Like all of those um, numbers that have kept it in place and said, this is the direction there's East, there's West. And all of this is what, how it is, is all being spun off. Mm -hmm. So we have in a sense lost our models and now we have to find new ways or new <laughs> right we have to buy new marbles so it's so funny how this is just making me think about i've lost my marbles because this is it when we talk about everything affecting our mind or having mental health problems it's because our mind is so rigid and we need to be in charge of our mind but we've let our mind and opinions of others control us so it's a big deal when we let go which brings me into the numbers so why this is so fascinating is that we are in an 18 universal months. So we know June is the six. We have a 12 universal year because we add all the numbers together. Two plus one plus nine. 
It gives us 12 plus 6 is 18. So we're in an 18 universal month. And this is really important because it sets the tone for the month. And 18 is not only about the body. So the body coming to health of some way or releasing. It is also about completion. And for me, I call this the number of the ego. So it's the number where we learn through sometimes violent methods. Uh, and I mean that in a sense, like sometimes we don't want to give something up, but we have an experience like a flood or uh, everything starts falling apart. We don't have control over how things end or change because endings create transformation, change. This is what this whole Pluto Saturn thing is. It's changing our direction of our total world functioning is changing direction and so this is the 18 as the reminder and we have saturn and pluto and neptune on 18 and the nodes almost on 18 so it's incredible this is a matching number mm -hmm. which is about us finding our focus our roots and being able to find that temperance that louise talked about which is the idea of finding our balance or sense of neutrality between two polarized things. We have an idea. Someone else has an idea. Where's that place where we go? Oh, this is where I'm rooted. This is where I'm grounded. And so I can observe others be on that magic carpet. I can observe what other people are doing and go, okay, I agree with them or I don't. They're not getting pulled into the vortex of their emotion. So 18 is about endings, letting go, cleaning house, releasing, feng shuiing, you know, all of that stuff that's coming up, that Mari condoing, where people are talking, condoing your life. Mm -hmm. It's all coming up because we're, we're hitting the 18. So it's really important to recognize this is about endings. We also have a nine in the year 2019. And with this 18 month, we know we're ending cycles and it's obvious because now we're moving into the next month will be the eclipse, which we know we're changing gears. Mm. Um, the other thing is I wanted to talk about is the numbers of the um, sun and moon together. Oh, there's one other very interesting thing about a month that has a universal nine because one and eight is nine, right? And nine is about collecting our own wisdom, letting go of our egoic structures and like, oh, what will people think of me if I do what I love and going, well, I'm going to do what I need to do, not just to survive, but to thrive, right? So it's endings. So we know new beginnings are coming. Um, and when you have a month that has a nine as the universal month, every single day, the current date and the universal energy of that date is equal. So you're doubling the energy every day. So we're all experiencing this intensifying of the energy every single day because it's duplicated. The number is duplicated. It's very powerful. All right. So let's talk about this uh, moon number, which is the 25, almost 26 degrees. So it's happening on the 17th which we had in May. Remember, we had the number 17 in May. And that this is called the, the number of leaving a legacy. It's about uh, superseding our small self and in connecting to our greater soul. This is about our soul's journey, our soul's desire to have expression. 
which is happening. So we had a little taste of that in May, kind of pushing us towards this energy. And now we're being pushed in the Sagittarius moon, which is about the truth, right? What is my truth? I need to explore more. I need to understand more. What's my truth? What legacy do I want to lay down? What connection to the earth? Because this is a manifesting number. The 17 is a manifesting number. We have, oh, I'm mixing myself up. 17 is a manifesting number. It's happening on the 17th, right? The moon is not uh, the 17, right? The date is the 17. The moon is the 25 degrees, right? Almost 26. Very close to 26, which is also an eight. And our universal date. So the universal date is also an eight, the 26. So the day of the the event is the 17, which is this leaving a legacy. And the date, the universal date is also an eight, 26. Plus this new moon is almost at an eight right? Almost. It's a seven. And the minutes are at an eight. Right. It's incredible. It's almost a triple eight, which is incredible because triple eight, the power of triple eight, this idea of being in that place of the, in the cycle of infinite movement, anything is possible. If we find our balance, if we find that fulcrum point, we find that place, that neutrality or temperaments, temperance, that brings us to that center so we can function even though there's all this chaos around us. Mm. I do want to also address the 25 because that's important. I think the, the 25 is like the crusader number. It's the number of seeking out our truth in a sense. Like I'm going to go all for this. What do they call it? Balls to the walls or something like that. That's a expression. Like we are going to go for the thing we believe in that awakens our soul that awakens our senses we're retreating from the idea of being uh, uh, activated by how other people see us and going to a place of this is what's true for me i'm inspired i am electrified to do the thing i desire and i love how it matches that whole jupiter energy right of being in sagittarius right the seeker willing to kind of look at your philosophy, your religion, and go, and when I say the word religion, I don't mean uh, actual religions, but the way we see our philosophy or life, how we acted out in the world, our um, response to what's going on. Really, how you kind of ground your spirit. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know. This is, it's all fascinating, this energy to me. Uh, you know, the, the moon is conjunct the galactic center on the, um, on the full moon too, because the galactic center is approximately 27 degrees Sagittarius, but it's so big, it kind of spans, it doesn't have a, a, a degree and minute so much, as much as, um, as our closer in planets because the galactic center is the supermassive black hole at the center of our galaxy. Then that's why it's the galactic center. It's the center of the Milky way. And, um, and you know, it's said the galactic center is said to emit new information to kind of suck out the stuff we don't need anymore. And then with a kind of laser beam focus, almost, 
send us this new information that we need to um to raise our vibration to go back to that again you know i don't i'm not fond of those um new age pat raise your vibration kind of thing but this month we really are being asked to raise our vibration raise our belief system raise raise our consciousness in in major ways you know all of this is saying the the south node conjunct saturn and pluto Incidentally, Pluto um, currently at the degree that Saturn and Pluto will meet at in January. Um, he's retrograde and will go uh, off that degree again, but he's there right on this full moon. And um, saying, leave behind, like Jen's been saying, it's like we're being asked to flood away our attachments to the the rules we've allowed to govern us. Um, and so the literal floods are kind of reflecting what we're being asked to do in our souls, in our spirits. Um, I even had, you know, pay attention to flood to flashes of awarenesses that you're getting at the moment. I read an article this morning that our beloved president <laughs> has um, announced he's cutting funding to um, Native American schools and reservations. He's almost kind of washing away all the things people have fought for for years. And I don't know, you know, it may be simplistic, but the flash that came to mind was we've got to stop relying on the man, you know, <laughs> to, to provide this funding for us and all come together and um, do it in a different way. Just how can we do this differently? How can we look at this differently? And how I'm not saying we have to become all libertarian and pull your boots. It's it's different to that. It's it's a whole new way we're being asked. <laughs> you get what I mean? <laughs> we're not. It's not saying well we don't need you. We we've got freedom to do what we want. It's about doing it in community, but in a different way than has been set up before. I can really you know, see that if we survive the climate crisis, if we kind of really come to look at things differently, whole new constitutions could be created, you know, where we say this way is not working, that's been set up for for centuries, you know, of this top-down rulership. It's, it's just not working. And, um, it seems to be getting crazier and more intense by the day. You know, I see Trump as a tool, basically, of the universe to show us that the old way is not working. I said that right at the beginning. He's kind of our shadow in our face. Um, and the more he strips away things, the more we're being woken up to the fact we need to do things completely differently. Um, and I think people are waking up, but this month is intense. And then, as Jen said, it leads into the eclipse season that with the total solar eclipse on July the 2nd at 10 degrees of Cancer, conjunct the North Node, which is our Dharma, where we're heading towards. And of course, to go to Jen's numbers, that's a one, which is a new beginning. So, huh. Right. It's, it's 
really pretty fascinating. I, I think what's so interesting to pick up the thread about uh, the president here in the States and uh, others who are his um, cohorts mm -hmm. that are supporting, there's two thoughts that come up. One is that for centuries, we have directed our way of doing things in a certain way. So we have put all these things in place that feed into uh, the ego of the patriarchy. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you want to be important. I'm going to support that. We have all done it in our own way. We've supported Pedro say, oh, yes, you, you're right. You know, I'll just do whatever you say and I'll go behind your back and do what I want. But to just keep up the, the front, I'm going to make it look, and we've done this. We've created these things like charity. I actually cannot stand the word or the idea around the energy of charity mm -hmm. saying that somebody's less than you and therefore you have dominance over how you, they will be receiving um, what their basic needs, like this idea now. Mm -hmm. This person who's in charge goes, I don't care about you. I don't care about your survival. I want slaves to um, to just keep churning the wheels. So I'm just going to pull that rug, talk about rugs, from under you so you have nothing. And now all of these systems have been feeding into that same place. So giving the power to these power hungry people. So we have basically fed the system and fed into the system and just going, wait, doesn't make any sense. We don't need to go through the government to have um, systems in place for people. Yeah. So that's one thing that was coming up. The other was about this idea that these people, and most of them are men, but, you know, there are a lot of women that support. I mean, these men would not be where they are without the support of uh, the daughters of the patriarchy, right? So they're supporting this system. And basically, they are so contemptuous of the rest of the world mm -hmm. because they're not living in the world. And when we were to remember, we were talking about out of this world and like knowing who you are, this is a very different kind of energy. They're not tapping into that vibratory energy of, I love people. I love life. I want to share it. They're pulling away and saying, you're all just disgusting. And I find it interesting that the president here uses that word quite often about things that, to show his contempt, right? Yeah. It is nasty and uh, disgusting. Those are words to show contempt. And that's the kind of mind control thing. You're nothing. I'm great. I'm going to pull away what you have. And this idea of having people that are so contemptuous of basic needs is fascinating because it really brings us to the brink of going, you're rejecting me. I'm rejecting you. I'm rejecting your philosophy. I'm rejecting all the things you've made me do and that I've agreed to, jumping through all these hoops to keep your ego afloat. Yeah. Right? It doesn't even make any sense of how we've lived for thousands of years. So, And we're seeing this all in the charts and the numbers. Oh, we are. And we're seeing that kind of egoic, kind of pompous kind of energy showing up even more and more. You know, to go back to him again. <laughs> that is a great example, right? It's not him particularly. He's just an, ex an extreme of so many. Just his, the picture of him in his penguin suit with the queen. <laughs> you know, he was all puffed up and uh, kind of really extreme. People were, you know, laughing about his suit. And I, I laugh, look at it and think, what a perfect example. <laughs> <You know? laughs> of but, what's going on. And if you saw 
Oh, sorry. I was just going to say the picture of seeing him, this pompous ass, like all puffed up, you say, like bending over this tiny woman who's so powerful. I mean, to me, I can look at them and the energy of power that he has this illusion of power, but she actually is empowered. She's not threatened. She can be so kind and genteel to everyone because she knows who she is. And that's the difference of this big, you know, blubbery air energy just coming through trying to like you know do the fist bump thing and think somehow he's going to dominate and very interesting because he couldn't do what he's done with other leaders right shake their hand or kind of overbear Mm -hmm. so she is holding the space and he is trying to kind of get in there right but the irony is the royalty of course is part of the whole patriarchy as well but still but they're kind of little bit subversive in their own way did you see the thing about camilla and her her wink <laughs> well oh, yes when when uh, when trump the trumps went for dinner with prince charles and his wife camilla she um as charles led trump off to dinner she turned to somebody nearby and winked at them <laughs> which is kind of a little bit similar. Exactly. A little bit like, let's pull him down a peg or two. (laughs) Magical. Yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly. But I think that's so interesting because when we think about the royal, you know, it's a great conversation because when you think about the royalty, this is part of the thing. Yes, they're part of the patriarchy. However, royalty or that kind of thing has been with us forever, right? Kind of an idea. And they don't need to prove who they are. Yeah. Right? They already know who they are. So they can wink and laugh and joke around. But and someone they like don't create their laws anymore. Anyway. No, they don't. Exactly. They don't have any of that control. However, they do know who they are and they can joke about it, right? Have a sense of humor about themselves. I think this is a key thing in all of this we're talking about is when you can see, oh yeah, I got this power and I can do this and I'm doing this and have a sense of humor around it as opposed to being so desperate like he is, like a slug, you know. Well, what was that idea that's coming to mind is when he had the toilet paper on his shoe, right? (laughs) You remember that? Oh, yes. It's that, like you're so desperate to be uh, um, recognized that you'll do anything and you don't realize how that makes you look. Like it makes you look weak and it makes you feel weak too because you're needing someone else to recognize you and the truth there's so many layers in all of this if if everybody can just take a step back and do that magic carpet looking at it from the bigger uh the irony is that yes royalty in itself is is kind of a patriarchal structure but camilla who did the wink the reason charles wasn't allowed to marry her way back when when they were young was because she was a commoner and um <laughs> and so commoners were not allowed in the royal family at that point but now they are now harry's married a, a goddamn american who's um half black and half white you know and it's wonderful so they're changing <laughs> shifting gradually with the times I, I know a lot of my friends are around the kiss and want the royal family to just die and disappear but um um, just witnessing it for what it is and what's going on right now is a wonderful example of the energies. So, yeah. Right. I think it's, it's absolutely brilliant that we're seeing this. We're actually witnessing the changes and finding the humor and finding the 
the truth in how we have put all this energy like we can say in ourselves like oh when have i been like trumpian when have i done these things to you know influence people and kind of push my energy into them to make them do things and when have i been more like the queen where i've been like oh you know have a cup of tea you know shift with the times right it, it, yes exactly this kind of idea that yes you can have autonomy and do the things and i don't need to push my energy into you mm. uh, and there's so many ways like the way the royal family i think it's a great it's great theater and opera and it's great how they show examples of how they embrace new things mm -hmm. uh, because it's i find it fascinating that the americans that are meant are, are show themselves as being more like innovative and they have always been innovative and new ideas accepting new things have such difficulty with change oh yeah 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 they should have had a different chart for america though <laughs> cancer doesn't you know cancer is very protective and like <laughs> <laughs> But interesting, this next eclipse, the first eclipse is uh, two days before July the 4th, by the way, for Independence Day. So Jen and I will be talking more about that on the next podcast. Because this, you know, for commenters and, and um, astrologers and people who witness the symbolism like we do, this is uh, exciting times to step back and, and get on that magic carpet, really, and watch it all unfold but still do your bit, see where you can do it in your own life. You know, where can you rise above and, um, and just float with the changes, but kind of with a bit of an awe to steer yourself a little bit as well. You need a little bit of, uh, of uh, guidance. Um, but really the answers are all coming from within, which is really why I started this completely free morning pages challenge in my group, because I want to do it myself. Because if you can let, get your thoughts out and organize them a little bit, you can steer yourself a little bit while seeing the bigger picture. You don't get so stuck in it. Okay. Right. I think it's really important to understand the power of the mind uh, is that it is the mind wants to do what you want it to do. And so uh, we can change any of the rules we have, which is the Sagittarian energy is freedom. How do you break away from a structure that is that you've grown out of? It's painful to be in a structure that we've grown out of. And that can either lead to that, uh, that Neptunian idea of um, kind of like, I don't want to see what's happening. Mm -hmm. Or I'm so angry at what has happened. I'm so angry at how people have used me. Uh, but I, I think a great way to look at it and something that I certainly... Um, practice sometimes better than others <laughs> is why are people doing this to me this idea of thinking someone else is doing stuff to you is all bullshit that it's an easy out to say i'm not responsible because i didn't ask for what i wanted they're responsible because they didn't give me what i wanted and so we have those experiences all the time i was just at a weekend uh, where we were supposed to do a certain thing and was offered and it seemed like it was going to happen. And then it didn't happen. And then I was kind of like annoyed about it. Like, why did you say it was going to happen and it didn't happen? But then I had to step back and go, wait a minute. I didn't look at the time. I didn't know what the time was. I didn't say to the person, Oh, what time are we going to do X? Right. Mm. Uh, so I could have 
done that. It, it's up to me to say, I want a certain experience. I need to take charge of that experience. And I'm not saying make a nuisance of yourself, but certainly stand up for yourself and go, this is what I would like. When is it happening or how is it happening? And if the person says, look, it's not happening now, then I have to accept it, right? Mm-hmm. But if I don't say to the person, what about that? Then how yeah. is it going to happen if they've forgotten about it? Yeah, it's not about being a diva and going in with a whole rider of <laughs> demands. <laughs> no, but it, it, yeah, but, but I think, yeah, yes, but there is a fear. Like, I think that's part of it is this fear. Am I being too uh, pushy? Like, I see myself sometimes and I know I want something. And then I go, look, I've already asked for it three times. Should I do it again? Is that being too pushy? And then I'm like, no, but I really want this. And I don't care if they say no. Uh, I'm not going at it to bug them. I'm doing it because this is important to me. So how can I make this happen? And if I can't, okay, but at least I know I tried. So then I'm not angry at someone else mm-hmm. for not doing what I want. And I'm not angry at myself or disappointed because I didn't make an effort. Or just asking the questions and opening it up sometimes gives you another way to make it happen that's not reliant on that person at all. <laughs> I think the bottom line is we do need to learn to work together. So we do need to say, be able to say to people, this is what I would like. How is this possible? Can we do this together? And if they say, no, I don't want to work with you or it's not possible. I can't fit you in or whatever. Then you go, oh, okay. I can go to the next person or the next item and ask. And I think that's the disconnect that people are like, oh, uh, okay, it's not meant to be. Like we say that kind of thing. This doesn't work, it's not meant to me. But be, I think a lot of times that's bullshit. It's like if we sometimes really- it isn't. Sometimes it isn't. Well, sometimes it isn't and sometimes it is. I think it's the desire inside of us to express a certain thing and to learn to actually express it and say, this is what I would like. Not having attachment, that's different. When yeah. you're having attachment where you're trying to force people to do things. Exactly. But the- anger comes the 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 disappointment and the fury and this is what we are going to be experiencing more of this month is this response this anger i'm frustrated Mm -hmm. i've been a victim i want to you know have my rights uh i want my rights back Mm -hmm. it doesn't come through it may release energy right no i feel better but it's not going to actually change anything unless we change the way we approach what we desire and as women and even as just normal people in society talking about royals and and um, leaders of countries most of us have been taught that we've got to go in the back and wait our turn and you'll just get the crumbs and the leavings and the charity you don't deserve to have those equal things because you're not rich enough or you're not important enough and that's where the pain is so if we can walk that cross that bridge and go I am important enough I'm important to the universe I'm important to myself how do I express and ask for what I need we move out of that space of of wanting to dominate others or dominate situations and to do that first to be able to do that you have to become clear on what your needs are (laughs) and that's kind of where very true that's kind of where we come to kind of this um, energy of exploration and wonderment that's Sagittarius as well you know this is about exploring what is true for you um and the opposite Gemini trying to kind of 
get that down on paper, get that sorted out, get that clear. There's nothing very clear in this month. So I think, you know, it's not, it's very right brained. It's not very left brained. It's not very rational. It's not very straightforward. It's about bending the rules, breaking the, it's like kind of not breaking, bend, letting go of the old way of looking at things and really just allowing it to shift. And of course, a lot of that comes from listening to your inner voice, going within. Don't, I don't mean spending all day every day in meditation, because that is another form of escapism. You kind of have to listen to the inner voice, then get it down and, and get clear on, on what it is you do want, what you do desire, really. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think what's really important here as you're talking is one of the key things here is the point of truth is that it needs to be grounded in the earth. The eights that we have coming up are all about making things real. It's manifesting, which means we need to, to ground it in some way, root ourselves in. We can't create something unless we know what it is, just like we're talking about. So the clarity helps us to or the writing it down helps us to get clear so that we can take action because this is about learning to be inspired and take inspired action which is it's a two-pronged movement you don't just get inspired you actually want to do something like we're not just minds we're bodies exactly. you know, spirits and all of this stuff so we we have an idea even if it's just like i just want to have fun i want to go out and enjoy myself it's not just the idea. We then need to do something, call up a friend, go out to the store, you know, run into earth. It's, this is a very important time because also with the 25 of the moon is the reflective aspect of that. The seven takes us into nature, into retreat, into listening. We need to listen. What is it that we, I really believe in? What do I really need to hear? And most of that happens through music, through dance, through that internalization, going to earth, right? Grounding in some ways. So we can go, I'm clear now, as opposed to, wow, there's all this noise around me. The word that came through when you were talking was befuddlement, which I think Ooh, is really yes. lovely word. Right? You, and, you know, to be quite honest to the listeners, they will feel very befuddled for a lot of this month. It's not going to be an easy month. It's gonna, but, you know, do something, a practice, do a practice or several practices. Go out and stand in under a tree in your yard with your bare feet on the grass and let your thoughts just come through and your feelings or do the morning pages. That's my favorite tool because, um, you know, in Gemini, the sun is in Gemini. So that is about writing and communication. So it's not surprised it comes through. And if you don't know what that is, uh, you know, Google morning pages, Julia Cameron, if you don't want to join my group, she does a video on it herself and it's an amazing tool. Um, so, you know, that's taking the action, doing something like the writing, putting yourself in a place you know, I think a lot of people, there's a lot of spiritual override around the whole terms about grounding and things like that as well. You know, people go, well, okay, I'm going to do a grounding meditation every day and that's going to do it all. Not necessarily. You've got to find the thing that channels the spirit and your inner voice into practical action. You've got to find the thing that works for you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Right, and I think the one thing that's really important here and what's coming through is this idea of theory. Like we have all these thoughts and these ideas, but it's all theory. We yeah. don't actually know whether it works or not unless we put it into practice. Yeah. So part of this thing is being willing, this idea of letting go of our ego is the being willing to make a fool of ourselves, to do something that we've often desired, even like what I was talking about just bug people about something I want that uh, they can deliver or maybe can't or won't, but doesn't matter. Cause then I know I'm actually showing the universe. Mm. This is what I want. This is what it looks like. I, and then I get clearer. I ask people and they say, no, that's not, I can't give that to you or that's not going to work, but I'm actually in, in physical activity. I'm doing things and learning like you and I doing this, uh, this podcast yeah. i mean we could have still been talking about you know one day we'll do a podcast oh that wouldn't it be fun but we just decided to hey there's an idea let's just do it let's just yeah. run with it and that's what creates change yeah. and i think this is a really key point because so many people get stuck in thought and when i look at someone like uh, trump i see a man who and i think it's a great example because he actually doesn't he thinks he's making things happen, but they're just all theories. Mm -hmm. He's taking theories that he's putting on someone else to make real. And he doesn't care about what are the results showing? Because the way we learn is we try something and we go like, you know, a kid will put their hand on the hot plate and say, oh, that burnt, I won't do it again. But if you don't actually go through the pros like, Lou and I going through the process of doing this podcast, we didn't know what, you know, we'd need better mics and all of this stuff. Like we didn't know that, but we wouldn't have found that out unless we actually took the journey and did it. Whereas so, some people spend all forever in the planning and the idea right. of it and, and never actually get to launching. <laughs> <laughs> we do that with our spirit work all the time. We're like, Oh, I'm getting all this improvement, this healing, but I still not ready. I don't have enough education. A lot of women think they don't have enough information. Like how will you ever have enough information if you don't go out and do it? I had somebody say to me this morning, well, I, 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 I think I could find five minutes after I wake up in the morning. And I'm like, just stop thinking about it and making excuses and just get a notepad, get a pen and, and do that stream of consciousness writing. And if you only get half a page done, then it's fine. You're supposed to do three pages in the morning pages. <laughs> exactly. That's an excellent point of taking action on something you're inspired to do. So if you're feeling drawn to doing something, then do it. This yeah. is also a fantastic month for and it's also because of the nine, but other areas is for completing or evolving the way you communicate with people. Yes. So for instance, in a normal way, you might go around the same arguments with the same people and instead say, you know what, I'm tired of doing that thing. What could I do different to have a different result? Well, how do I approach this in a different way? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's about looking at the other person of their point of view. What do they need to know? What would make it easy for them to say yes, right? Could make it's it about easy. listening too, of course. You know, Gemini is the sun point of this full moon and that's listening and taking in information. So this is not all just about how you speak and things. It's about listening to the other one too. 
Right. That's how you improve your communication is by recognizing that communication happens on two levels. We often assume things that people are thinking this or saying this because of their body language. Like, oh, I know they're annoyed with me or they, they're sliding me or something because those are our issues. What if we just said to them, you know, I get this feeling like you are turning your back on me. You're not saying it in an accusing way. You're just curious. Yeah. Then they'll go like, what are you talking about? I wasn't even thinking about you. I was thinking about if I wanted chips for lunch, you know? And, and it's like, this is all the illusion. That's the Mercury, that's the Mercury and Neptunian stuff. The illusion we've created that this is what people think of me. This is what it looks like. And we could be completely wrong. So why don't we just go like, okay, I'll be the fool. That's Mercury, right? Yeah. I'll be the fool. That's the number one energy coming up. I'm going to try something different. I don't care how it looks to the world, but I really want this. And I think there's that energy there mm-hmm. that empowers us to go, what's more important? What is true for me and my action on it? Or just acting a certain way so people will think this and that about me. That's Trump. Like I look at him, that's the man. That's the sorrow in my heart for him and people like him is he'll never get it because it's all about what it looks like to the outside. It's bombastic. It's, there's no, there's no roots in that. Incidentally, his solar return, his birthday is uh, three days before this um, full moon. So, (laughs) because he is a Gemini. So just watch, just try and step back from, you know, anger at what he's doing and things. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that, but, but for your own soul, try and step back and just witness how these energies are going to play out through him this month, because I think it's going to be fascinating. I do want to mention one other thing I forgot to mention on the uh, chart of the full moon is that um, it's almost an exact aspect to Eris in Aries, uh, one of my favorite um kind of divine feminine energies that's really shaking things up and she really eris you know i've done whole presentations on this so brief very brief version eris has been in aries um since 1927 i think anyway it was um for most of our lives and um unless we're unless you're lucky enough to be really old and um she has in Aries. She's been shaking up our identities, and she's in a um, her kind of uh, entry into Aries and her discovery and all the points where she's triggered have been very much associated with the rise of the female identity in everybody, women's liberation or the female liberation, if you like. So I find it very interesting that she's there shaking this table because she is a table shaker. She's called discordant. I prefer table shaker because that has more positive kind of feel to it because I do think she's a positive energy. I do think this this month is just going to be yet another big shaking, table shaking month in our um, collective overall and in our souls. So there you go. That's my little thing on my little <laughs> Yes. I think it's important. This is important, even you know, all of with the occultations with the moon being in front of uh major players, uh the idea that we're coming into the eclipses, 
we have the solstice coming up, mm -hmm. uh, which is all about the play between light and dark. Eris, we have to get away from our fear of something that we label as dark or bad and mm -hmm. recognize that we live in a, in a world full of polarity, that those, all of those things exist for a reason. If we didn't have the dark, we wouldn't have the light. Exactly. And so instead of being afraid of it or hiding, or I'm not going to look at that, I mean, we have some really awful things people do. I mean, these are humans that do awful things to each other. And so many of us will say, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to look at it. It's awful. It's disgusting. But if we don't look at it, and I'm not saying we have to examine it and get all close up to it, but we just need to be able to go, that kind of behavior is something I can't wrap my head around. What can I do to, we need to shift it. Like we have to all get involved in some of this. Yeah, in stuff. some way. Awareness, yeah. right. In some way, it doesn't, we don't have to all dive in deep, but we all need to at least go, I see it. I acknowledge its existence and I'm not going to lie to myself anymore about it mm -hmm. because this is how we change things. Because when we hide behind, I'm not looking at it. It just gives more power to the people that are doing it. Yes. And we just can't live like that anymore. I think the Eris thing is so important because so much of our uh, history is about women being the wicked witch or the evil one who comes in and does these terrible things. And of course, all these stories about the females are always horrible. They're always like these nasty women who couldn't control themselves are doing these awful things. And we have to rise above that too and go, wait, many times the woman is the one that will do the the so-called ugly thing mm. the hard thing to force people to change because it's through the woman that yeah. things change because they hold the power they hold a connection to the divine and the men are there to serve the female the female is the one that's connected to the divine and so that's why there's all this energy around uh making her a bad person or doing bad things because then nobody will realize that oh she's connected to the divine and the male energy is supposed to serve that whether it's inside of us or outside of us mm -hmm. that makes total sense but discord to me is such a beautiful word because it's about music right oh. when you hit the wrong note right mm -hmm. or you realize you know we've been playing in a certain uh, um I don't know, I'm not a musician, so I don't know the, the terminology, but there's a certain, I think, uh, what do you call it, like a note or something where you play in a certain vibration. And a lot of people say, like, even like the whole Hitler thing and stuff like that, they, they actually change the notes of music, so it becomes discordant. So it changes your brain mm. and changes the way you behave. So when we move our music, the music of our lives, to a different note, that's a note that's run in love, we can approach things. It doesn't mean we're not going to roll up our sleeves and do hard things. It just means we're going to come with the energy of compassion, which is another nine energy or the 18. This is a lot of compassion and love that we bring to what is broken, even to our leader, right? And, and leader. you know, you're right with the word discord, of course, in that way, you know, um, that's showing my own kind of bias. The energy of June is very discordant altogether, but it's to shake us out of our old ways of thinking to help make us to rewrite the music. If you like, <laughs> so, right, so choose, our, choose our own note and choose the yeah. note that we can be in accordance with each other, because this is about 
we're not an island. None of us are an island. Yes, we can all rush off and be an island, but we're not going to achieve the changes we're here to achieve if we can't learn to be together, mm -hmm. even with people we don't agree with. They've done studies where, you know, with in America with uh, Republicans and liberals, and they've discovered that when you approach the questions in a certain way, because everyone is key thing i don't remember it's the thing in the back of the brain at the brain mcdala or something that when you are safe right as long as you know you're safe so when you pose the questions in a certain way that you feel safe they both basically agree on everything yeah but it's because they're being presented in a way that they feel threatened mm. and that's part of creating more uh, um you know, there's a lot of people in power who want to create discord because that keeps everyone's attention fighting each other instead of banding together to say, well, what do we want? Let's stop putting our attention on what we don't want. Let's put our attention on what we do want. Then we will be invincible because we're working together and we're listening to someone else's need and we're going, this person's not doing this to bug me they're doing it because they don't feel safe or they want love or whatever it is right it doesn't mean you're going to deliver it but the awareness that's part of listening that's part of choosing a different note to live by but then if we look at the at them doing it because they are they're doing it deliberately to to kind of sow discord between us if we use that analogy of the magic carpet again and, and the rising above and looking at the bigger picture, we can, we can use that discord to wake ourselves up. So anyway, I brilliantly said, yes. Yeah. I think we should go to the symbols because yeah. we're well over the hour because this is oh such a crucial time, but I don't want, I'm wary of people, you know, people's time listening to these things. So Exactly. I'm going to save the Chandra symbol um, for after the Sabian symbol. So you go first because I love the Chandra symbol. Okay. So the Sagittarius uh, um, Sabian symbol, Sagittarius 26, a flag bearer in a battle. Very interesting flag bearer. The keynote, the nobly accepted subservience of the individual to collective values and goals. Fascinating. We've just been talking about that. Mm -hmm. A flag symbolizes an organized collectivity of human beings, a nation, or even a social class. In the old-fashioned type of battle, whoever carries the flag has to feel himself the representative of the integrity and unity of his group. His personal life and his welfare should therefore be totally submerged in and identified with the welfare of the greater whole, of which every person can act as a conscious and responsible agent for mankind or womankind. In substance, the symbol asks, are you ready to assume this role? So this is about a consecration to an ideal. So I think that could kind of be looked at from both directions. It's kind of what we have done. You know, we've subs been subservient to some other goals. And now it's kind of asking us to consecrate to a new ideal, I think, in some ways. You know, right. for somebody to step up and be the flag bearer. Yeah, step up. But I think, 
Right, which is usually the flag bearer is the one who carries the peace sign or the sign of this is who we are, the symbol of who we are. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think you're saying we've been working as a group, but I don't think we have been working as a group. I think we've been very That's worried not. about our appearance of who we are in a group. What do I look like in a group as opposed to what does it look like when I am who I am and I immerse my energy in the group? I, well, I don't think we have been working as a group. I think we've been following the herd, which is very different. Right. Oh, well, I misunderstood you. I thought you were saying as a group, that's what we've been doing. So oh. I, I don't see us as having done that at all. Because oh, no, I, I meant the symbol like has been so. saying, yeah. Which I love. Yeah. No, okay. I kind of meant the symbol saying we've been kind of using the herd mentality, not the working together. Thing. The subservient word. Right indicates more exactly so we can think we right (laughs) so it's true under the flag oh we're all together but we're really not all together we're just thinking about ourselves yeah so no we agree completely so um the chandra symbol Uh (laughs) aha climbing the steps of the pyramid of the sun Classical Maya civilization reenacted in fresh forms, always having the greater sun beating down, always aware of the vaster picture. You tap a sensibility that is profound and extraordinary. The greater gods and the human scene juxtaposed mightily. In tune with the progressive evolutionary currents, you work very hard to reinstate the sacred upon the next spiral tuned into what is really happening here an expanded space for dreaming remembering conceiving visualizing and creating absolutely knowing that the galactic forces are integral to every breath and moving toward true galactic citizenship with a passion we could have just read that really (laughs) for the whole for the whole month (laughs) i think that's wonderful and i think i'm actually going to copy and paste that in the description of the podcast because yeah if we could think of this we're being called to evolve you know yes and and what comes to mind and especially because a lot of what we're talking about is light and uh in terms of how we see the light we have the solstice, which is it's not a balanced night and day. It's the longest day in the northern hemisphere and the opposite in the southern. But what it does make us do is recognize the role of light in our lives yeah. and the role of the dark, right? We need the dark to sleep. We need, all, we need it for everything. So it's recognizing where we want to put our energy. What, what are we covering? What are we putting the light on? What are, where's our intention? And how does that light filter into our world? Uh, So I think that's very powerful. Mm. Okay. Jen, how can people find you? So they can find me at jendushen.com. That's my website. Uh, My cards, as I mentioned, the Illuminating Journey cards are for sale. And I dropped the price because I need to get them out more. So now they're $66 uh, per pack. Bargain. And... uh, I'm going to be teaching fundamentals class for that. I also, and that's on my website, jendushen.com. I also do free readings from the cards on in Facebook. And um, I have a YouTube 
channel as well that I do readings there. Free readings for individuals. If you show up on my Facebook page, Jen Duchenne, um, but also on my um, YouTube, you can just look for me, Jen Duchenne. I'm everywhere. Well, not as everywhere as Louise, but in many places. <laughs> I do write some for Medium and um, uh, everything's on my website or Facebook, Instagram, etc. Cool. So yeah, me, uh, you can find me by Googling my name, Louise Eddington. Uh, my website, louiseeddington.com with one D has links to um, my, I was on Patreon, but I've actually moved to a membership community that's mine, not somebody else's. <laughs> and um, various levels of membership from a dollar a month to $50 a month. So you can check that out through my website. But um, the thing I'm most passionate about right now, of course, there's also my book. You can buy my book or leave me a review, please. Do you know how hard it is to get people to review a book on Amazon? I'm weird. But anyway, um, the Planetary Magic Cafe on Facebook. Um, it kind of got a bit dormant when I got the book contract because I had to focus on on that. But um, it's just suddenly come alive almost on its own. And um, I've started doing a free monthly call for it at, at the beginning of the month for the group. And that call this month inspired this 30 day challenge, which is completely free. The book, the group's free. Um, I'm going to go be posting every day to encourage you to do the morning pages practice. So if you don't know what that is, just come to the group and check it out. And there's kind of no agenda with the practice other than I'm doing it to make me do it as well. <laughs> so, but if I can help myself and help you at the same time, then perfect. But otherwise, yeah, Instagram to Louise Eddington, astrologer, Facebook page. You'll find me everywhere. So for now, just kind of get on that magic carpet for June. It's um, going to be a challenging, crazy, intense, um, insane month, but with huge potential for kind of really raising yourself up. Goodbye from Lou. And goodbye from Jen. <laughs>